The PWC Network. What the world is watching and listening to. Hello, this is Homeboy88 for the Video Game Connection. Join us weekly for the most entertaining video game podcast you'll ever hear. Join Ivan, Big Tom, and myself as we review the latest games, up-to-date gaming news, and game previews all in comedic form. It's a jam-packed hour of ear fun with our own video game rap songs. Listen to the Video Game Connection wherever you listen to podcasts, except Walmart, never Walmart. Keep gaming and keep listening to the Video Game Connection. Welcome to Hami Media Group, or as the cool kids say, HMG. We're here to provide you with the very best entertainment alternative media has to offer. Thank you to all our supporters who have made us what we are today. Follow us on social media, video, and podcast platforms at Hami Media Group. Become a subscriber to Hami Media Group at Patreon.com for great free daily content as well as off the top rope extras. Subscribe to our affiliate Patreon channels with a plethora of fun content on various tiers that will bring tears of joy to your eyes. Vince Russo's The Brand, The Rip Rogers FR Podcast, Stevie Ray TV, Goldilocks, The A Show with Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two Man Power Trip, Velvet Sky and Angelina Love, The Beautiful People. And now, the Larry Hankin Stories. Support your favorite HMG and independent pro wrestling talent at ProWrestlingTees.com. Enjoy the ultimate meal with Zordo's Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Head over to ZordosOliveOil.com. Start your day with the best cup of joe, bro. Try a fantastic selection of flavorful coffee blends at TheBrosters.com. StevieRichardsFitness.com. Get off that couch and make a healthy change without leaving your home. Amazing resistance band and yoga workout programs at an affordable price that will help you become a band new you. Hear from the pros who live the biz, bro, with talent that have worked for every major organization led by the man who put the attitude back in pro wrestling and in your ear holes. It's gotta be russosbrand.com bro again we'd like to thank you for joining us here at hmg and now it's time to be entertained
Heart Foundation Tournament qualifying match set for one fall with a 20 minute time limit. Approaching the ring from Panama City, Florida, weighing 202 pounds, Adam Cole. Hello everyone, we are just moments away from AEW Rampage back at our regularly scheduled time on TNT. I'm Excalibur, joined by the human suplex machine Taz and absolute Ricky Starks and Taz. We're about to have the third qualifying match in the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament to kick things off at the top of the hour. Yeah, this should be a beauty for sure. What's about to go down here with Adam Cole and Ishii. So uh, as you said, Excalibur Owen Hart Foundation Tournament Qualifying match, big moment. And Ricky, very high stakes here tonight in Ab our opening contest. Absolutely, you know, this is actually a matchup that I wouldn't have put down on paper, but I'm actually very, very curious to see how this ends. to qualify for the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament here tonight. And maybe playing a little bit of mind games. Well, yeah, that's smart. And that, that's what, uh, you know, a, a guy that's a, a veteran like Ishii is to play some head games without a pull. And of course, the huge announcement this past Wednesday night at Dynamite about Forbidden Door, the agreement between AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling, which will result in a pay-per-view event live in Chicago, Illinois at the United Center on Sunday, June 26th. Though Adam Cole and Switchblade Jay White look to upstage that announcement. And coming up in just a matter of seconds, we're gonna kick off Rampage with this huge qualifying match. Tonight on TNT, Jade Cargill defends the TBS Championship against Marina Shafir. It's a forbidden tour preview when Adam Cole faces Tomohiro Ishii. All your friends not allowed in the building. And Eddie Kingston goes one-on-one -on -one with Daniel Garcia. I'm gonna whip you real good. AEW Rampage, tonight at 10 on TNT. Oh. Hello, guys. Trying to climb the ropes with Adam Cole firing downward with those elbow strikes. Strong. Oh! Good gosh. Let me ram my head into your face for a second. Okay? Great equalizer by Ishii. The third qualifying match in the Owen Hart Foundation men's tournament continues here tonight on Rampage. Tomohiro Ishii of New Japan Pro Wrestling and Adam Cole of the Undisputed Elite precariously perched on the ropes. Oh, oh he's struggling with him here. Ishii got him though, I think. Ishii, so much power! He's gonna advance. And the legs are hooked, Adam Cole kicks out. Both legs off, man. Let's take another look here on the Superplex by Ishii right here. Well done, great job, but Adam Cole had the wherewithal to kick out. Tomohiro Ishii with the moniker of the Stone Pitbull, it's because he's so aggressive, so relentless. 
He will not give up. He will not uh -oh. win. And he went for that sliding lariat, but Adam Cole kicked to the knee. And now, oh, oh Ishii right on the nose. That'll knock your teeth out. Good gosh. Now the, uh, the knee is exposed. Knee pad is down by Adam Cole. Adam Cole perhaps looking to lower the boom. He's got Ishii rattled. He's coming in. Oh, Ishii just dropped. Scouted. And now Ishii sliding oh. lariat into the pin. One, two, no. That's a great kick out by Adam Cole because Ishii's known for that sliding line right there into that cradle, but not able to. Stone Pitbull not able to beat Adam Cole there. Looked like Ishii caught him right on the chin with that sliding lariat. I think you're right. And Ishii likes to use that, that sheer drop brain buster. Cole countered it. A pump kick to the jaw. Uh-oh. Cole got it turned around and oh! That might be it. On the knee of Adam Cole, Ishii covered again. Whoa. Man, that shows you how tough Ishii is. That was really, really close. This has been a great back and forth battle and you want to talk about battles still to come here tonight. Eddie Kingston, Daniel Garcia going one on one. Everyone else banned from ringside. You can hear this crowd in Pittsburgh loving this match. A high-stakes contest has. It shows you how important it is for both of these men to try to advance in the Owen Hart Foundation tournament here, this qualifying match. So, big stakes. Let's see if Adam Cole can finish off Ishii. I think I know what he's setting up. Cole looking for the Panama Sunrise. Oh, super kick by oh. Ishii. Ate it for lunch. Oh, that headbutt. Oh. Leaping Enzigiri, but Ishii comes back with one of his own. Was that a tooth? Uh, something flew out of the face or head area. But what a shot by Ishii on Adam Cole. Ishii throwing that huge Enzigiri, dropping Adam Cole, and now Ishii with a chance to qualify for the tournament kicking off this May. Yeah, but can Ishii follow up? That's the key, guys. Ishii bringing himself up to his feet with the assistance of the ropes. Adam Cole, though, up as well. Ishii looking for that big lariat. No. Oh, that super kick thrown again. Headbutt. Oh, Whoa. that one caught him flush. But Ishii! Hard hitting stuff here. Ishii saying it's time to be Dunsky. Can he fit? Wait, hold on. Wait. Oh, switchblade. Jay White just took out Rocky Romero on the outside. They just took out Romero, like you said. Oh, come on. And, oh, oh. Low, low. and the referee didn't see it. Behind the referee's back. Here comes the knee. The boom from Adam Cole. The collusion with Switchblade Jay White beats Adam Cole. Will advance. The winner of this match, Adam Cole. With a massive assist from Switchblade Jay White, Adam Cole joins Samoa Joe and Kyle O'Reilly in qualifying for the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament.
Jade Cargill's 30 and no. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Rampage Uncaged on ChannelAttitude.com, brought to you by Hameen Media Group. Yeah, you're here. You're on the show. You're listening. It's me. It's Chris Ams. That's A-M-B-S, like bullshit in the morning or uh, lambs with Noel. Forgetting my own fucking last name here. It's uh, it's a it's a weird time to record. It's the afternoon for me, and I thought I was going to have to be doing some parenting today, but I don't. So it's just <laughs> it's just a day to to get shit done so here we are um i'm here with my usually unusual co-host with the most all the way from the port philip coast your friend and mine jimmy t jimmy how the hell are you mate i'm good man i'm good and happy easter to all my orthodox brothers and sisters out there from this past week i just had to put it out there and chris i'm impressed dude what's up with the you by Port Phillip, dude. Port Phillip Bay is exactly where Melbourne is, where, where it's situated. So I'm actually quite impressed by that, Chris. No one outside of Australia has ever said that to me. Well, there you go. I am, I'm one of a kind. I am, a, I'm, a, I'm a great guy. I'm fantastic. Uh, my beard is lovely. And also I know stuff, which is great. <laughs> you do. Very impressive. Very impressive. Um, all right. Well, usually we would get right into the right into the show, but Jesus Christ, is this? Sorry, I I know it's I, I know everybody. We just wished <laughs> everybody Easter, and here I am <laughs> blaspheming. I'm sorry, um, um, but uh, <laughs> man, is funny. is this is this week ever light on uh, on anything to talk about? So um, I figured we'd start off by talking about what everybody else on the internet is talking about this week. Jimmy, uh, Elon Musk bought Twitter. Yes, that's huge news, actually, dude. I mean, geez, seriously, I can't believe it. And he and he says, I was just reading on Twitter. He actually said he's going to make sure people have a freedom to actually talk on on Twitter. We'll see, dude. Yep, we will see. I know a lot of people are wondering, you know, when's Trump going to get back on? And I I couldn't care less about Trump being on Twitter. I like I don't have anything against Donald Trump. I just I don't care. I'm Canadian, right? It's not it's not a thing for me. But I I, I am very interested to see if we do get some information about like um, you know, how and why people get shadow banned. Um, you know, what you know, what is getting um, you know, elevated by Twitter and what's getting suppressed um, and exactly, you know, how deep the political uh, intrigue goes with, with that app, because that's what to me is really interesting about this is the fact that we may be getting some of those answers. And uh, you know, if, if you've, if you've 
been following along with Elon Musk at all with anything that he does, it'll come in the form of someone will will leak something and he'll go, oh, it wasn't me, uh, but it's definitely true. Yeah, no, it's definitely true. But it wasn't me who leaked it. I didn't do it. So he, he he's very careful to not get himself sued. Um, but he also likes to make sure that he's fucking with people at most moments of most days. So I'm loving it. I uh, I'm happy to me. It's uh, it's a good thing. You know, he's he's I, I don't know yet if it's going to be uh, everything that he's that he's claiming it will. But if it is. It'll be great. It'll be great for the world. It'll be great for Western society that we have some place to actually go and, and express ourselves. And we need it, dude, especially on Twitter, because Twitter is toxic and Twitter is quick to ban you in a second, dude. So hopefully he sticks by his word, but we'll see. And just quietly, whoever Facebook user is, Ali Thosanesti, bro, just which which is pretty much saying happy Easter in Greek. So Christos Anesti, but I don't know who it is. Just says Facebook I user some greek guy or somebody else with google i don't know uh <laughs> yeah, whoever it is alistos anesti man yeah alistos anesti i have no idea <laughs> if i said that right but <laughs> alistos anesti chris with an L. Alistos. Like alistos. that's it man okay cool uh yeah i'm greek everybody look at me i'm, <laughs> I'm not i'm not that greek though so don't send me anyone's phone number Okay. <laughs> nice. I like that one. I like it a lot. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, moving on. Uh, yeah, from uh, from Port Phillip, uh, all the way to um, Rampage, uh, Uncaged. Boy, was this was was this an episode? Um, we get started. We get started with uh, with guess what? What what kind of match do you think we started off with, Jimmy? It's the kind that you that you have when you're asleep. Um, Yasu Yorgara, just quietly. We got to get you on the show soon, Migale. <laughs> just I had to put it out there, man. It's good old George Pantis, bro. If you don't know who he is, you should look into him. Put it that way, man. He's one of the most important figures in professional wrestling. Put it that way. Well, shout outs to George. Um, yeah, I, so, okay. The, 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 this match is a, is, is a dream match, Jimmy. Cause every match that AEW ever, ever puts on is a dream match. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, I was, I was, uh, sleeping once again, dreaming, Chris. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that's what's happening. <laughs> it's, uh, it's for the first, you know, it's, it's, it's their first, you know, their first major encounter between the two, um, you know, it's interesting for about one reason, and that's just that it, it you know, it, it's Cole's actually the taller man in the match, which is shocking. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know why anyone likes this style. It was a bunch of no selling. It was um, apparently uh, chops don't matter in Japanese wrestling. Super kicks <laughs> don't count in Japanese wrestling. Um, inziguris don't count in Japanese wrestling. Apparently, none of those things actually have any impact when you're when you're wrestling with someone from Japan. Am I wrong, Jimmy? Is that or am I just like because this is what I'm noticing every single time there's somebody from New Japan in AEW? You're right. I mean, I'm not going to lie, you are right. But I just want to say one thing, man. Yeah, Adam Cole was a lot taller than uh, Tomohiro Ishii, and you know what, man? I've seen him in real life, and I'm talking about Ishii. 
and he's pretty tiny, bro. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, he's pretty small, but he's he's a hard-nosed dude, man. And you know what? I felt this match wasn't so much that New Japan style, dude. It was actually more American, if that makes any sense, Chris. Well, it was more new age American. It was more indie show than anything. It, it, it was, a, like I said, I mean, when you're throwing super kicks and the guy's reaction is to just back up and then and then throw a, you know, a clothesline. No, 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 no. You, you already fucked it for me. For me, it's already you fucked up this match. Um, and they fucked up this match multiple, multiple times. Um, and I know that I, I know that you know you're really interested because you've been following the guy's career. But I have a really hard time taking anyone serious whose name is Taco Sushi Shishi Shi or whatever it is. Um, uh, it's Tomohiro Ishii, actually, Chris. <laughs> that's what quiet. I said. That's what I said. Um, yeah, the, the final minutes of the match is just a striking contest. Each man dishes out his best shots. Jay White comes down. He takes out Rocky Romero, causing a distraction. Cole uses it to his advantage and scores a win over Ishii. Um, <laughs> he backs up with White on the stage. That's fine. Uh, it, it was fine. It, Jimmy, I, I got to ask you, though. Are you still convinced that the Forbidden Door is actually open? Because I'm not interesting that you would say that chris you think it actually is by now i think it is man i think it's all steam ahead considering we are getting the forbidden door pay-per-view so i would say from this week on or from last week on you'll see a lot more new japan pro wrestling superstars in AEW. okay and when you say superstars are you saying 50 plus old guys or <laughs> four foot three guys or like like who like are we going to see, you know, Okada? That's what I want to see. Is Okada going to come and have like an actual program on AEW? Are we going to see Okada on AEW TV or nah? I hope so, dude. I hope so because you know what's funny? I don't know if you know this, but on the day of the Forbidden Door pay-per-view, apparently it's Kazuchika Okada's wife's birthday on the same night. And apparently there's a chance that he might not turn up because of his wife's birthday but i do think he'll be there surely that's ridiculous I, I listen i like i get wanting to celebrate your wife's birthday with her that's totally fine i have no issue with that but if you're like i i have to miss the show we couldn't possibly do it the day before or the day after to celebrate her birthday that's ridiculous <laughs> like it is what it is man i know it's stupid but i'm pretty sure he'll make it though Good. Who's he going to face? And what's the program going to be? Or is it just going to be an athletic match for the sake of athleticism? Which, listen, with a few guys, I'm okay with, okay? And if and if Okada's on the pay-per-view, I'm going to be stoked to see him work with whoever because I know that he can physically tell a great story just bell to bell. Um, but it would be so much better if we could get some kind of a build to it. Well, hopefully we do get some sort of build to it because I think the pay-per-view's in Dune, right? I believe. Yeah, I'm sure we will get some sort of build. Whether we do get a build, I'm talking about more like an AEW type of build. Whether that's a build or not, mm. I don't know, man. But we'll see. Hopefully we do. I just hope it's not one of your typical invasion type of storylines. You know what I'm saying? I don't want none of that shit. I just want a pay-per-view where you can book the best possible card. You know what I mean? And I just want to say what's up, Junes. <laughs> my my boy junior who's who's up in new zealand right now 
<laughs> he's one of my boys. I went to high school with him. One of my best men, like one of my best mates, should I say? What up, June? I'm glad you're actually watching, man. That's cool. So is he is he from there originally or? Yeah, he, yeah. He's oh, a, okay. He's, he's, so he is uh, a sheep fucker. <laughs> yeah, he's so. a sheep fucker. <laughs> okay, just checking. <laughs> Hear that, June? <laughs> yeah, he's born in Samoa, raised in New Zealand, was living in Australia, went to high school. <laughs> he's saying whoop, whoop. And, um, and yeah, he's back in New Zealand again, man. So what Very up, June? Cool. Whoop, Very whoop. cool. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of New Zealand, Jay White is, is, is there again. Uh, just kidding. Um, well, he and, was. Yeah. Anyway, Jay White, I, um, I know that you think he's a big deal. D- do they think he's a big deal though? Because he keeps like this is the this is the fourth time he's been on AEW television and so far he's basically come out and said some shit uh come out and looked at someone that fizzled out he was gone for over a month and now he's come out and said some shit and now he's come out and looked at someone so i'm not sure if he's just regressing back to nothing or if they're trying to restart the whole Jay White thing because you know i've watched some promos from him in japan it looks like the guy can really cut a promo um he has pretty good matches, although again, the no selling is fucking retarded. Um, but other than that, like I'd be excited to see Jay White actually have a program on AEW. Are you expecting anything like that, Jim? I'm hoping we do because I was actually watching an interview with him on Renee Paquette's Oral Sessions podcast, and she asked him, like, what's his status with New Japan, AEW, and whatnot. And he goes on to say that he can pretty much do whatever he wants when it comes to AEW or, or impact wrestling and he just turns up whenever he wants. So apparently he just turns up whenever he wants and here he is again. And he's, and he's still very active on impact wrestling, but he's been on AEW lately. Hopefully TK does something with him, man, because he's too good for him not to do anything with him. Yeah. Saying he's been active on impact is kind of like saying, you know, I've been using him a lot in my universe mode on uh, on WWE 2K22 because that's <laughs> how many people are watching Impact. <laughs> Nobody, dude. Probably a hundred thousand worldwide. Nobody, and it and it's awful because like when you do actually watch, they they put on pretty decent shows sometimes. It's uh, it's surprising and it it sucks. Uh, but they've just booked themselves. I think it's. I think at this point, it's one of those things where I don't know if they can actually get out of it, um, other than maybe finding a bigger home on a bigger network. Um, but you try to convince, try convincing most wrestling fans that they should watch Impact. See what happens. It's fun. Well, how do you market yourself to another network anyway, Chris? Especially Impact Wrestling right now. I, mean- I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, look, I mean, they're even talking about, uh, you know, maybe uh, we've got some reports. I don't know how true this is, so I don't want to report it as a fact, but we have seen some reports that even AEW may have to actually pay money to keep their time slot um, with the new merger that's happened. So I don't know. I don't know how you Uh, sell it. Well, look, I don't know as far as AEW paying for their time slot. I don't know how true that is, but if they don't start actually building, and when I say building, I'm talking about AEW here, they got to get better than this 900,000 every week, man. And when I say that, they got to show growth because once Discovery fully come in and take over, which they are, but once they fully take over, they're going to be assessing what they've got on their networks and they're going to be like, okay, so this show is on a Wednesday night prime time, 
right? Mm-hmm. 8 p.m. They're going to look at it. They're going to be like, okay, what's the numbers? And whoever's trying to vouch for AEW is going to be like, oh, it's 900,000 thereabouts. It's doing all right. It's in the top three, four shows, you know, every Wednesday night and whatnot. They'll be like, okay, are they growing? <laughs> and then, you know, that person's going to be looking at the numbers being like, oh, I don't know if they're growing because they're pretty steady, right? I mean, they are getting 900,000 thereabouts week in, week out. Mm-hmm. And that's where the alarm bells will start ringing, Chris, because if if Discovery look at it and be like, well, they're not growing and we've got these guys on 8, 8 p.m. And what about the show beforehand? Are they beating them? Are they right. doing better numbers? And if so, why are they on at 8 p.m. on a Wednesday night in prime time on TBS? Right, right. That's going to be the issue, man. And hopefully I'm wrong. But the way people are talking about Discovery and this takeover of the Turner networks, I'd be a little worried if I was TK because they've only got two years or thereabouts now to really get their shit together because if they don't, I don't know, man. I'm going to be worried for AEW. Yeah, me too. Well, and the thing that you got to remember too is in 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 the corporate world, um, whether or not you're making money is actually not the important thing. It's whether or yeah. not you're hitting the projections that you had um, to start the year off. Um, and I I feel like that bleeds into TV numbers sometimes too. Um, it's more of a it's it, it's definitely more of a money thing. Um, and I know that AEW itself is actually you know, it's not a publicly traded company, so they don't have that problem. But the people involved in the the TV side of things, I feel like can sometimes um, start to feel that way. Um, (laughs) And uh, Uh, fucking junior, you funny cut. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. And um, shit. And, but, but so what happens is like, say, say you're a company, right? Say you're AEW and you're publicly traded. We'll just say you are. Okay. Um, If you, if you have a projection that you're going to make $80 million that year and you, let's say only make $60 million that year, even though you technically made $60 million, your, your investors look at that as a $20 million loss because it wasn't what they were expecting. And so- I feel like that's something that AEW should probably be thinking about uh, moving forward here. They're going to have to start growing because a lot of these people who get involved in the corporate world, their minds kind of stay on like similar tracks when they're talking about, oh, well, you know, what are the numbers doing? What are the numbers doing? What are the numbers doing? And to them, numbers, money, it, it means very much the same thing. So just something to sort of keep in mind with AEW that they should be growing. And if they're not, that's kind of the kiss of death in the corporate world. And that's what worries me, Chris. I mean, they need to grow. And look, I I get it. Some people will be like, but they are growing. And I guess they kind of are, right? But if we're talking about Dynamite week in, week out, they need to get past that 900,000 mark. They need to start hitting the mills, man. And and Well, they were were at, what, 460 or something like that for 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 – Rampage last week, weren't they? Four, right. sixty, four, seven. And Rampage, Rampage, I understand because at the end of the day, they're on a Friday night at the worst time. Let's be honest, dude. 10 p.m. Eastern. But it's still Friday night. night. It's still a Friday right. night time slot. But most people you'd think are out or what or whatnot, right? Then watching wrestling. But still, I think that's a decent number for Friday night. Also, they've got the NBA and NHL that they're competing with. And when I say competing, if if the NBA or NHL is on a Friday night, man. You know, Rampage gets bumped yeah. to God knows when, like 7 p.m. Eastern. Even when they had 7 p.m. Eastern a week ago or the week before, 
their numbers suck, dude. Yeah. They still, even in prime time, they still couldn't get over 500. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean, right? Like that, like I'm not su- I'm not as worried about dynamite, but I am worried about rampage. Um, and I mean, a card like tonight doesn't help anything, you know, right. that's uh that, that's the thing. So, so let's get back to the card. Uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society are are they're trying to get into the building, but security stops them, and uh, it it begs the question: if they can't handle some some security guards, how are they a threat? You tell me, Chris. <laughs> how are they a, a threat, dude? You know, like they've got to book something that that makes sense. They've got to they've got to have somebody backstage saying. Um, They've got to have somebody backstage basically saying, you know, like, oh, if you do, if you do come in the arena, you know, then it it may, you know, interrupt your money or your contract or whatever, those kinds of things, you know, so that it's a reasonable threat. Because if it's just threat of violence by security and you're supposed to be the big tough wrestler guys, that shouldn't be a thing that worries you. No, I agree 100%. And I just want to point out, shout out to the professor. He goes on to say corporations can handle projected losses in a short term, but if let's say you're on a five-year plan, those projected fifth-year numbers are more palpable in corporation decisions for extended long-term business. I agree 100%, Prof, 100%. Sorry, Chris, continue. Yeah, no, I mean, he's right. He, he definitely is right. Like, um, the issue is that the people coming in seem to be at least – as of reports, right? I don't know what what's what's real and what's not in terms of the reporting because I'm not there. I'm not talking to these people. Um, but it does seem like they're pretty aggressive about going after things. And so mm-hmm. these are the kinds of questions that they may be asking, you know, in the corporate board meeting. Okay, well, you know, AEW was expecting this, you know, what did they actually get and how far off is that? So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I hope not. I mean... You know, people get the wrong impression with me. I mean, specifically me. I think that you're a little... I think people understand more you that you're a fan of AEW and that you want it to do well. I feel like sometimes I make too good of jokes or something, so people (laughs) feel like I really fucking hate AEW, and I don't. I prefer AEW to WWE. I prefer AEW. That That is my preferred professional wrestling right now. It's just that it's not anywhere near where I want it to be, but that doesn't mean that I want it to fail. I actually want it to do much better than it is. Um, so hopefully things start going well um, corporately and we get some good news sooner rather than later. Cause it would be nice to, to, to have some kind of uh, some kind of report that says, okay, officially, um, you know, Rampage is expected to stay on for another two years or, you know, uh, Dynamite has signed, you know, a contract to, to keep them on the network for another three years or whatever. Something like that would be nice. No, for sure, man. Look, I think they should be fine. They should be cool. But let's just hope they don't go down to a PG sort of move because I can see Discovery wanting like a PG type of show, man. Oh, I'm telling you, that's not going to be good. I'm telling you, dude, can they handle a PG type of show? I don't know, dude. Uh, look, you can still write good television and keep it PG. I, I really believe you can. I, I like there are good TV shows out there that are that are PG. Um, 
but you have to have really talented people, um, you know, and, and you, you got to get away from the idea of, well, we have to show blood and we have to do this and we, we have to be the edgier show if you're going right. to do that. And so far, TK hasn't shown that he's good enough to do that well. So I'm sorry. I know he won. I know he's the booker of the year. He's the fucking booker of the year. What are you talking about, Chris? You suck. <laughs> but like, honestly, he hasn't shown that he does a good job even at the edgy stuff. So right. if if he suddenly has to also write stuff that's PG-13 or PG, I think he's going to have a really, really hard time. I think he needs somebody else in there writing with him anyway, but especially if they have to switch it up like that, he's going to need some serious help writing. I agree 100%, man. It's true. All right. Well, um, speaking of people who are going to need help, uh, uh, Chiphausen is backstage <laughs> And uh, apparently, Hook is doing the rapist gimmick. I, I don't know. <laughs> if you want my, if if you didn't get my attention, you've got it now. Whatever you, you wanted, said. my attention. That's it. Now you got it. <laughs> At least he's close, right? While Finally. he's this close to him, you got my attention. He's like, uh, what? What? what are you doing, Hook? What are you doing? <laughs> are you trying to touch my nuts? Uh, please don't hurt me. Um, yeah, I don't. This is bad. This is bad. It's it's uh, it's high school level garbage from Hook at this point. And if he can't act, just keep him doing the squash matches on you know dark and and unca and rampage and like you know what I mean. Like keep him doing the stuff that accentuates his positives because he does have a he does have like a a decent although i personally think too small look um and he also has matches that seem to get a reaction out of the crowd i don't know if they're good matches but they get a reaction um don't don't have him act if he can't act keep him away from that yeah look i, I agree but let's give him a break dude i mean he's still new he hasn't done that much, but for what he's done, I think he's doing great, man. You know what I mean? And obviously, he, he'll beat freaking Danhausen, whatever, right? I don't even know what's the fucking point. I, f I do find this little feud sort of uh, amusing in many ways, right? Because it makes me laugh. Like, it's funny. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But it's silly at the same time. You know what I mean? Where does this get hooked? It'll, it'll get hooked nowhere. What does this do for Danhausen? I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I really actually don't think that a match between the two is the right way to go because um, I think that Dan Housen is. I think that Dan Housen is too much fun, and he's too beloved by this audience uh, for them to cheer Hook if he's beating you them. Think? And I, I really do. I, I, he's too. He's too silly. It would be like somebody. It would be like if if a if a face came in and like really beat the shit out of our truth. The crowd wouldn't react properly to that. They wouldn't react to that by cheering. They'd react to that by going, Hey man, like you didn't need to beat up truth that bad. It's the same thing with Danhausen. From what I can see, it might actually be better for them to form some kind of a tag team. Um, at least for the, at least for the near future, because it'll allow Danhausen to do the acting and the speaking and hook can just kind of be the killer in the group. Oh, please. No. No, are you being for real, man? No. I'm being for real. I that's I really don't think that it's a good idea to have these guys have a have a match and try to push Hook as a face off of it. I don't think it'll work. 
Well, funny you bring that up because I do feel since Hook has been getting over with the fans, right, mm. it's kind of de facto made Team Taz kind of baby faces in many ways, dude. Mm. The fans don't really want to boom anymore, you know what I mean, including all their members. Yeah, well, like and I mean, last hit. week, Last week you can you can make an exception for because they were in New Orleans, right? And that's where Ricky Starks, Starks had right. been. You know, his family had been you know basically forced out of the city uh, when Hurricane Katrina uh, basically knocked it all over. Um, so you could sort of forgive that from the crowd, but I agree. I think that they are starting to become more and more popular. I think that also some of that is just we're wrestling fans and most of the people at AEW shows or watching AEW or talking about AEW are real fans. So when we see somebody like Ricky Starks who has some good talent or when we see you know a really good Haas match with Powerhouse Hobbs, our reaction is, I kind of like these fucking guys, even if they're, you know, coming out and F you in the crowd or whatever. Yeah, no, I agree, man. But, you know, all of Team Taz has really grown on me, man. I think they, they're they a great little squad, man. They're cool. The fact that uh, the, the big goof, what's his name, Brian Cage, is not part of the group anymore was the right move, dude. Yeah. I think he made him better without him being part of the group, believe it or not. I truly believe that, right? For real. But, um, yeah, look, I hope you're wrong. I hope, you know, Hook doesn't get booed because of Dan Housen because that could change shit up a little bit. But I don't think so. I think it'll be pretty split. I think the fans will be ch- would be chanting both their names during the whole frigging match. Heck, they're going to be chanting, this is awesome, before they even lock up, dude. I'll, I'll put money on it. That's how confident I am. Ugh. Uh, yeah, this is awesome. This is wrestling. Um, yeah, in 2022, dude. And I cried myself to sleep. Uh, <laughs> all right. Speaking of wrestling, actually, AEW did something right. Like, actually, just flat out, I'm going to say they did this right. Lance Archer right. versus Serpentico. Yep. Oh god. Proper booking. This is exactly what needed to happen. Well, those choke slams, brutal or what, bro? Oof, man. Archer, I think, is really, I think he really understands, you know, the impact that he's supposed to be making with his moves. Um, You know, I talked about this the other week about um, the match with the Butcher and how it looked like he was being a little too safe. Again, as a wrestling fan, I appreciate somebody trying to be safe in the ring. But if you're supposed to be a killer, it should look like you're murdering a guy when you hit him with something. So, you know, the big choke slams and the finish here from from Archer were good. so it's the right booking as far as that's concerned. But I have a question. Is Serpentico a heel or a face? Because I thought he was a bad guy. Was he? I don't have a clue, bro. I mean, he was even doing the Lucha fucking uh, thing. The Lucha, Lucha, for whatever reason. I didn't know he was part of Lucha Brothers. Not Lucha Brothers. Uh, what's the ones in WWE called again? The Lucha House Party. That's it. The Lucha House Party. I didn't know he was part of that crew, but uh, whatever. I mean, Serpentico. You know what it reminds me of, dude? In Greek, you say the way you say pants is pandeloni, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same in Italian. Well, that's what I think of when I hear that. Serpentico, I think of Sir Pantalon because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all he is, dude. He's just nothing. Yeah, I just every time him or the 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 sun guy, whatever his name is, uh, <laughs> Fuego del Sol. <laughs> all I can think about is uh, they should be called 
el enano, which in Spanish <laughs> means midget. Um, <clears throat> Little mimito. Yeah, but okay, cool. Like I, I'm, I'm happy for these for these guys that they that they booked something properly here. Is the you know generally what I would expect is that these two would have a 25 minute barn burner uh, because AEW is stupid and can't figure out the booking, but they did it right this time. So I'm going to give them the thumbs up. Way to go guys. That's how you book your monster. Who's supposed to be threatening. And speaking of Mexicans, shout outs to homeboy 88. He's got a new show. Actually, it's a video game show. Check it out, man. You guys won't be disappointed. Just putting it out there for him. It's pretty fun. I know I uh, I made a I made a review uh, on Apple for it, and uh, he said, "Oh, there's no review up." And I was like, "Oh, it's probably because it's on Apple Canada." And then he found it, and he was like, "Oh yeah, it's there, <laughs> it's there, yeah." But it's lame. It was just like, What's "Yeah, it's a good show." Again? Um, Jesus Christ, I can. Yeah, no, I can... we're bad. Sorry, homeboy. <laughs> oh man, we're the worst. But, but no big deal. No big deal. Just the point is, it's a video game show, and just for everyone to check it out, man. It is. If you love video games. Uh, the 80s Video Game Chronicles. Oh, sorry. The Video Game Connection. And That's Homeboy it. The Video Game Podcast. It's great. Like it's the great Can-Am show. Connection. Right. Or like the Can-Oz Connection, which is you and yeah. me. Hey. Hey, hey, yeah. I like it. I like it. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good All right. Like. All right. Well, up next here, it's uh, Eddie Kingston against Daniel Garcia. Um, this point of the show, I got like, I was starting, I was starting to get a lot of Sunday night heat vibes. <laughs> like, Even worse, bro. I was starting to get shotgun Saturday night. Well, actually, no, WWF metal, bro. Main event. Uh, <laughs> not good. Yeah, man. By this point, I'm not gonna lie, man. I'll start to zone out a little bit, man. I mean, I watched it, but big deal. This match, what's so good about it? Not much. I mean, Kingston gets the win. I mean, Kingston what, gets what the win. It was a fine match in that, like, they really went at each other. You know what I mean? Right. They were they. There was a lot of impact in a lot of these moves, and Kingston is. You know he's he's fun, he's interesting, but he's more fun when he's talking than when he's in the ring. And I know it's people true. hate me for my opinion on Garcia, but I have the same opinion I always have. He's too small, he's too skinny, he yells too much. I and you know what, man? I hate his stomps, dude. They suck. Oh, yeah. They I mean, there's a lot of things in his work that are kind of see-through, but a lot of that is his size. He's so small. I mean, he's stomping on somebody, and you're like, Yeah, but like. You know, when my five-year-old steps on me, it doesn't hurt that badly, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know, man. Yeah, look, I know a lot of people wanted him in the Blackpool Combat Club over Utah, and maybe there's some truth to it, you know? I mean, would you prefer Garcia over Utah? I Neither one of those guys should be in that group. But if like, you had to pick, if you had to pick between the two of them, who would you actually go for right oh. now? I think I'd go with Yuta just because he's more of a he's more of a blank slate. He doesn't have the same like really stupid uh, things about him. Like Wheeler Yuta is just kind of bland. He's he's skinny and he's small and he's bland. He's fine in the ring, but I mean he can't talk. Daniel Garcia is a lot the same, but he also he oversells with his facials all the time. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He Definitely. yells after every move. Yeah, well, someone who was that that said it. Facebook I can't user. See. 
Right. It keeps, it's not showing us the friggin' names for whatever reason. So I have to go in the comments. And uh, yeah, whoever that person is, I agree probably 100% actually, man. He is probably better off in Jericho's group. And Yuta, for whatever weird reason, kind of suits the Blackpool Combat Club. But when I say that, I, I use it lo- like lightly. I use that term lightly. It's really because, just because he's a blank slate. The, right. You, know. you can do more. Oh, it's Panetta. What's going on, Kev? Hey, I saw your debut, bro. In the what was it PWA in Ohio? <laughs> that was yeah. Funny, I man. seen him. He got eliminated right away. Right, what but a, you know what, man? He he's sucks, better than man. fucking Yuda, bro. He's better <laughs> than Yuda because he actually has the pro wrestling facial going, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm just giving him the heel reaction is all. I'm just like, you suck. You got eliminated right away. Haha. <laughs> no, but shout outs to to Panetta. You're awesome, bro. You got destroyed, uh, but that's all right, man. You just need some work going over the top rope, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's that that was his debut. That's as bad as he's ever going to be in professional wrestling. He can only get better from here. So, no, nah, no problem, bro. Hopefully, you do more, man. I mean, where's Vickery? Vickery's listening to us right now or watching us. Sign up the Dollar King, man. Dollar, dollar. Um, we'll get into the dollar, uh, later, but there's nobody, nobody's getting a dollar tonight. It's just oh, bad. God. Maybe Jade um, Cargill, maybe. Come on, Kev. Who gets the dollar on Rampage, bro? Was there anyone worthy enough? There must have been somebody in the crowd or something, because not, no. <laughs> I actually agree with you, Kev. You did better escorting Harry <laughs> Alexander, dude. Yeah. Um, so anyways, after the match, Kingston takes the mic. Uh, he says this was nothing compared to what he's going to do to Chris Jericho. And uh, I, I don't know, man. When they first started this, I think that my reaction to it was, okay, Chris Jericho's lobbing on to Eddie Kingston, who's starting to get popular, and it's not going to go well. And so <laughs> far, hasn't hasn't really gone well. No dollars on Rampage. Thank you very much, Sexy Time. That's what I figured. <laughs> I agree. I actually agree, man. At this point, there was no fucking dollars going around, man. But oh, yeah, sorry, Chris. Continue. All right. Continuing on, we finally have our uh, our main event as uh, Jade Cargill and Marina Shafir have a match. <clears throat> yeah. I, I put that in my notes as a question mark, so I had to say it that way. Match? This was not good at all. <laughs> Dude, um, I don't know if people were trolling, but I saw online that people felt this was Jade Cargill's best match. Surely they're trolling. No, she's she, no, uh, no. She's had at least one decent match with uh, with Thunder Rosa. Um, it was more of a brawl on the outside than anything else, but it still came off better than this. First of all, Marina Shafir kept backing into the baddie section. And the referee continues to need to be fired. Um, Why is, and am I right in assuming that the purple people eater is now a heel? Uh, Sorry, red velvet. I'm sorry. That's, that's not her name. It's red velvet. Well, she's part of the baddie section, right? So for whatever reason, we have no explanation why she's part of the baddie section. I mean, one minute she was doing a thing with Lather Hirsch. Next thing you know what? She's part of the baddie section. 
Yeah. And I, I was under the impression that she actually won her last match with Layla Hirsch. So if she's a heel, why? Why is she mad? Why would she turn against the fans? Why? Why? What's the point? Why is this happening? What's the fucking motivation for these kind of character arcs? It's infuriating. And this is what I'm talking about, Jimmy, when I say I love AEW in that I want it to do well, but I need it to be better than it is because this kind of shit is just stupid. And as someone who writes stories, I'm just like, this is just awful. This is, you know, uh, she's a baddie because Jade got that good cookie. Well, I'll, yeah, I mean, Jade looks like a million bucks and. I still feel like she's a potential star here in AEW, but she's got to get better. Um, (laughs) She's got to get better. And Shafir looks like she needs another, I don't know, two years on the indie circuit before I can take her on TV. Two years, please. More like five. This woman, how long has she, was she signed to WWE for bro? In NXT. Like at least two, at least two, three years. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now she's in AEW. Has she improved it? At all? I don't think she has. I didn't watch her when she first started, and all I can say to that is thank God. Um, <laughs> because if this is where she's at four years from now, like I don't know, man. We we were we were joking, we were joking with Kev. Kev's already better than Marina Shafir. Let's put it that <laughs> That's way. That's no joke. <laughs> that is no freaking joke, dude. And you know what I love, man? She's from Moldova, but she's got a pure American accent, though. But whatever though that i mean i'm not here to judge but i'm just saying you know what i mean and and the thing is she's that green isn't she married or going out with roger strong um is she the one i can't remember one of the I'm four sure. women of mma are i'm pretty sure she's the one and so i'm looking at you roderick the fact that she still doesn't know crap in the ring i blame you man what are you doing to your woman man teach her some stuff already because she yeah. sucks well, and also here's the thing: they've been trying to build her as, uh, yeah, it's her with her with Roddy. Thank you, Facebook user. Um, I'm gonna start doing that in a really robotic voice now. Whenever I have to read one of the well, things that, that says Facebook user. Okay, that thanks, Kevin. Kevin Panetta thanks, saying Kev. that, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> it, it, if I know who it is, I'm if if I know who it is, I'm gonna respond with saying their name and just being normal. But if it's Facebook user, I'm gonna say, oh yeah, uh, Facebook user said this, <laughs> just because. I'm an obnoxious asshole. Um, <laughs> the finish to this match, by the way, um, they're trying to build Shafir as if she's some kind of major threat, right? That's what we've, it's been like three weeks now, or maybe even a month of, oh, like, you know, she's, she's serious. She, she really might, you know, yeah. push the champ. She really might push Jade. Um, you know, Jade should be taking her serious. Um, and there's a way to actually push that. And still have the finish be um, Cargill goes over, even even pinfall. I mean, you know, there was some outside interference and stuff. But the way that you finish it is you have a surprising and heel roll up. Um, or you have the she's distracted, uh, you know, uh, Cargill hits her finish, puts her leg on the rope. Um but when you have it just, okay, Jade Cargill's going to get out of this submission that Marina Shafir is apparently really good at. Um, so she's going to get out of the submission. Then she's going to basically just pick her up 
hit her with a finish, and she's still going to do the exact same thing she always does after the match, where she just kind of lays over on the person and smiles and is like, yeah, I'm the baddest motherfucker in the room. Now you've built nobody because she just beat nobody um, who's not a threat to anybody moving forward. Um, if you want to have this finish where she goes over by pinfall, she wins, and then she either lays on the mat and sells, holy shit, I just... I just had to go through a lot to beat this girl, even by cheating, or you have her get a quick roll up and roll out of the ring real quick and then look shocked. Like, give me my belt. You know, I, I, I won. I won still. You know, you, you've got to sell something if you're trying to build Marina Shafir as anything, because as of right now, um, she's nothing and Jade Cargill beat no one. So you didn't build <laughs> anything with this finish. And that's the thing, Chris, like you said, man. They were building up Marina Shafir to be something, right? For a second, you even might thought there was a chance, even though I personally thought there was no chance, but just say, for shits and giggles, there was a chance of her beating Jade Cargill for the TBS championship. But you, like you said, that build was for nothing in the end. It done nothing for Cargill. I mean, seriously, where do we go from here? Like with Shafir, I mean, she's nothing. She's still yep. green. She still needs a lot of work in the ring i don't like her, her expressions her expressions suck she just sucks i mean i'm sorry but you know i hate saying that about any professional wrestlers because you know what i'm not a professional wrestler but i'm a fan and she sucks <laughs> you know yeah. what i'm saying so you know it yeah. is what it is and, and as far I mean, as change yeah sorry chris go i mean just storytelling wise like wh why like <laughs> Why do this? If she's not ready for TV, don't put her on TV. First of all, that's like, yeah. I, I can't, I can't repeat myself enough about that. If you've got a talent who isn't ready for TV, don't put them on TV, have them do some house show stuff, have them do some spots, some spots here and there, have them get better. Let them go. Even say, listen, like we only have these shows that we're running right now and we're not doing enough um, you know, to where you're going to get better. So we're going to keep you on contract, but we want you to go over and do, you know, house shows here, here, and here. We want you to get more experience, do more, right? So that's just number one in the professional wrestling world as a business, right? As a business, right, right. you don't expose people who aren't ready for TV. And if you want to build them, you have to do something where they look stronger at the end. You, you, you like... And even if you're just trying to build her as an opponent for Jade, build her as an opponent then. Do something where she looks stronger at the end of the match, where you can say, oh, wow, Jade Jade just barely got over on her. That was a good win. That was a meaningful win. But as it is, she just, what? She, just, she You had her in a heel hook. She kicked you off. She picked you up. She hit her finish. One, two, three. And then she laid there in the ring with her arms outstretched like, I'm the best in the fucking world. Again, where's the storytelling? Where's the simple storytelling of we need to try to make it so that Shafir looks better by the end of this match? Because you exposed her professionally, okay? Like, professionally exposed her. And as a storytelling device, you fucked that up too. So... You know, I give AEW props when they deserve it, right? I said, hey, they did the right thing with the, you know, Serpentico getting his ass handed to him right away by, by Lance Archer. That was the right business move. This was stupid on every level. It wasn't it wasn't enjoyable as a, as a story, and professionally, it is the wrong move. 
I agree. You're right. And like, like I was saying just before, they tried to build her up beforehand, right? Even though she was resting on dark or dark elevations and whatnot, right? To make it seem like some credible opponent to Jade Cargill. But like you said, they didn't do no sort of roll-up finish or some sort of screwy finish just to actually sort of have any sort of heat on Shafia. But instead, you made it look like an idiot and she sucked anyway. And now we go back to square one with her. What? Where Where do they go with Marina Shafir from here? Probably Release nowhere. Her. I, yeah, I agree. hate to say it. Maybe she should get back into MMA. It's not, I'm not making fun of her either. Like some people, listen, like some people are built for certain things and not for other things. That's, right. that's true. You have very rare situations where you have a, a Shayna Baszler who's, you know, a, pretty good mixed martial artist and in my opinion an excellent professional wrestler i think she's the best of the four of them i know people will i know people oh, ronda rousey already main evented yeah that's fine she's not as good she's not as good a professional wrestler she's just a bigger name um you know maybe marina shafir is one of those people who you know she's really she's a talented mixed martial artist she's just not that good at professional wrestling there are people out there who just aren't that good at certain jobs no, you're right. It's true, man. I mean, just spot on. I, I couldn't agree more. But for whatever reason, they signed her up. She's here. They'll probably do any, nothing with her by the time, like, you know, next week comes along. And this is what gets me about Rampage in general, man. We go from a week before with a big card, right? Was it last week or was it the week before that? I can't remember, right? The last point week. is, yeah. it was last week. We had a AEW world title match on there, which should have probably been built for the whole show. Let's be honest, right? Mm -hmm. Really, we could have just been that match and that's it, but it didn't happen that way. And then now, this week, we get an absolute throwaway card that meant absolutely nothing. And that's the problem. Where does TK and AEW see Rampage at? Are we supposed to take it? Look, they say. It's supposed to be one B to the one A, which is dynamite, right? No, it's not. But it's like that maybe every three weeks, it feels like the one B to the one A. You know what I mean? Compared to this week, it felt this week felt like the two A, like literally. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, like if you're saying it's the one B to the one A, like it needs to be close. It needs to be very close. Bring back Rhonda. No. <laughs> Shout outs to June once again. <laughs> You're a character, bro. She's back. Watch SmackDown, by the way. Or don't. Just not watch your <laughs> or time. Don't, yeah. <laughs> um, just listen, just listen to us here on Channel Attitude and HMG review SmackDown. That's way better use of your time. <laughs> Absolutely. Shout out to the Smack Attack boys. Shout outs to them dudes. Um, yeah, I I don't know, man. Like professionally, this was just a the whole thing, like watching this week was kind of painful. The the whole time I'm I'm watching and I'm going, something interesting is gonna happen, right? Something interesting is gonna happen, right? Something interesting's gonna happen, right? No, no, it just it didn't get any better. Um and that's that's the way it left. That's the way it left. It didn't get better, it got worse and worse and worse. Um, there was one good thing on this show. Again, it was the booking of Lance Archer and Serpentico, which was a squash match and should have been. Um, 
other than that, Eddie Kingston and Daniel Garcia worked really hard, but they still have all. Yeah, just give ROH that time slot from Facebook user. Honestly, I, I don't know why they don't. And I don't know why they don't just give them that time slot um, because they have enough really talented people available to them that they really could do three hours in a week, not in one show. They really could do three hours in a week of really, really good professional wrestling. You, you don't need to overbook stuff like this. And I mean, that that was the one word that that kept coming to my mind when I was watching the main event tonight was overbooked. Like there was always a, a ref getting it, you know, the, the ref was in the way or the ref was getting distracted while the baddie section did this, that and the other thing. And it's like, why are we if you have to book, if you have to overbook that much, that means your talent isn't ready for TV. And I, I love Jade Cargill as a star, but she's really not even ready for TV, to be honest. Like Whoa. physically, she's not. Oh, I don't know about that. I'm going to have to disagree with you. I mean, Jade Cargill gets it in terms of everything but her in-ring work. Obviously, that needs a lot of work. And she'll get there. You know what I mean? Which, which is another reason why I'm puzzled that they put her in the ring with someone like Marina Shafir anyway. So have her on TV for a year as a heater for somebody. A heater for somebody like who? I don't know. Uh, Well, now, like, you can't put the cat back in the bag. But, you know, if if you've got somebody like uh, Jade Cargill who physically looks imposing, yeah, she's better than almost. Everyone's better than almost. I agree. I actually think she's better than almost in many ways. Everybody's better than that. I'm better than almost, and I've never tried to in my life. Too bad, Chris. Almost is not too bad, really. He's not. But Jade Cargill (laughs) has this it factor when it comes to the way she she looks. Good example. Did you see this? This was going on the net. Like now, we're talking about Jade Cargill needing works, right? Like Uh you said. What about Hangman Page? not looking at the hard camera side. I don't know if you saw that on Facebook or anything like that. And the ref had to tell Hangman to face the other way to the hard camera side, dude. Do you know how embarrassing that shit is? I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's exactly what you would expect from, from people like Hangman Page. He's, he's too busy worrying about who owns Twitter to, (laughs) to focus on his profession. Um, and no, honestly, I'm going to stick by what I said with Jade Cargill. What they should have done is they should have had her be a heater for somebody when she first debuted. She could have been on the road for a year. She could have been watching. She could have been training the whole time. And then by the time she's you know ready to get in there, she's got even more presence. She's got even more of a presence about her because you've watched her beat the crap out of people for a year and not have a match. The best work that Sting ever did in his career is not having a match for a year. Right. I'm, I'm time, not yeah. I'm not knocking Sting. No, that was no, the no. best work they ever had him do because by the time he did, everybody was salivating for it. Okay, right. you can build that if you've got people dedicated to the build. And I think that that's what Jade Cargill should have done. I think she should be about, um, I don't know, halfway done her year as a heater right now because she's not physically ready for TV. And I say that as somebody who loves professional wrestling and understands that there's a business side to it as well, but I I don't, I don't care about the business side of it as much as I care about the storytelling and about what I see, because I don't care who's making money and who's not. 
that's not what's interesting to me. I didn't read Dune because I heard it made a bunch of money. I read Dune because I like the idea of the story. Right. No, I see where you're coming from, but I do disagree because, look, I get where you're coming from, but let's be honest, man. This is AEW's fault in the way they've booked her, yeah? Oh, for sure. It's not her fault. No, no, no. There's nothing that she like. I, I'm not at all saying that there's anything wrong. And and when I when I critique a lot of stuff on AEW, and you and I have talked about this before, our right. critique is 95 percent of the time it's who booked this shit. It's not about the talent. It's it's about whoever's telling them what to do in the back. 100 percent, man. Preach. Thank you. Thank you, June. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. But uh, no, you're right, man. It's true. But for whatever reason, AEW booker with crap, right? When you get booked with other females that don't know what the fuck they're doing in the ring, all you're doing is exposing them, right? You're exposing not only Jade Cargill at how bad she is in the ring, but you also expose every other bitch that's in the ring too. I mean, that doesn't know how to work. Unfortunately, it's just, it is what it is, right? But if they protected her much better in terms of just let her just run over chicks man let her just run over everybody we don't need a five ten minute match with jade cargill let's just keep it look i hate to say it let's just keep it the goldberg way man that's what got goldberg over let's do the same thing with cargill doesn't matter who she's facing at the moment the only time you have her in a longish match is against someone like a tony storm or someone like a Sheeta, maybe, or someone like a Deeb, mm-hmm. someone that actually knows, girls that are actually generals in the ring, man. And there's not yeah. many of them, unfortunately, in AEW. Well, I I get what you're saying, and I think that business side, like the business side of it, you're right. I mean, they're do they're fucking up the business, and they're fucking up the actual like professional wrestler too. Because as a professional, she should be better in the ring if she's going to get this push. Now, I know people will point to Goldberg and they'll say, "Look at all the money he made. Look at all the money he made." And yes, he made a shit ton of money. I'm aware that Goldberg was popular. Okay, I'm not saying that anybody made bad business decisions with Goldberg. Okay, but um. How long before Jade Cargill kicks uh, Serena Deeb in the head and fucks up her career forever? Don't say that, Chris. Come on, man. <laughs> let's not. Let's it's not a question that needs happen. to be asked, though. This is right. like professionals need to be professional. They need to be able to but, go out there and give each other their bodies without worrying about getting fucked up for life. But to be fair, though, Chris, man, she hasn't done that to nobody yet. So I think so far, so good, man. Let's not jinx it. Well, hopefully. I mean, like, again, I think she's an absolute star as a personality. I hope that she gets good enough in the ring to where she can handle herself at least. Just hold her end. That's all I want. I'm not expecting her to have five-star matches. Let her be as good as, you know, Glenn Jacobs, who was always just pretty good in the ring, right? I mean... He never did anything in the ring where you were. He ne- yeah, exactly. He just got by and everything else, you know, was because of the personality and the build and the character and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. She's got all that in spades. So fine. But let her at least get good enough to where you don't have to worry about her legitimately injuring someone. Because right now, every single time she has a match, I worry that she's going to throw one of those kicks a little too hard. I really, that's exactly my worry. 
I hope you're wrong, dude. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I'm just hoping you're wrong. But, I mean, look, there's a case, but so far so good, man. If she hasn't hurt nobody as far as we know, I think she's all right for now. Absolutely. Well, fingers crossed that it stays that way and that she improves a little bit in the ring uh, moving forward here. We'll give her we'll give her the benefit of the doubt, because like I said, I don't see anybody in that women's division who has the star power that she does or the star potential that she does. But, um, you know, who else has star potential is everybody who listens to us here on channelattitude.com and HMG. <laughs> um, so. Jimmy, tell the people where they can find you uh, this week as we as we move on with uh, with professional wrestling. Well, you can find us right here on channelattitude.com and at Hameen Media Group. Also, if you want to find mine and Chris's shows, you can on the pwcnetwork.podbean.com where you can find the skirmish, you can find the machismo, uh, smack talk, everything, man, you name it, it's all there where we review just about every show during the week. Also, if you want to follow me, follow me at DJ Mass Effects on Twitter and at the PWC Network. I think that's it, Chris. Right on. Well, you can follow me at ChrisAms1 on Twitter. I have officially tweeted like twice uh, since I found out that uh, that Elon was taking over Twitter <laughs> um, because I don't want to be considered a bot anymore by AEW. Um, I am a real boy. <laughs> And um, fuck off, TK. Jesus Christ, bad. <laughs> fuck off, TK. Fuck off, fuck TK. TK. <clears throat> I just love hearing Australians curse. It's awesome. Every every time I get a get fuck off, already. Chris. All right, get there fucked. you go. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. The problem with it though is you guys curse so damn much. I don't know if you're telling me something nice or not. You've called me a you've called me a sick cunt before, and I was like, I was like, excuse me, and you're like, you're like, no, that's bro. a compliment. compliment. Like, okay, all right. Fine. I know. But we're anyway. weird down here, down under, bro. We're kind of weird down here, man, with our fucking slang. But, but at yeah, least you're man. not sheep fuckers. Um, no, and that's, that's what to really New Zealanders. Shout out to all my sheep fuckers out there. I'm looking at you, June. <laughs> and thanks to everybody who had a comment today. Uh, it really added something to the show this week. So thank you to everybody who had some yeah. comments. And thank you uh, to everybody. They really made the show interactive, man. There was a lot of comments, man. And, and thank you to all our not only our listeners, but to our viewers. Absolutely. Fantastic. But uh, till next week, uh, he's Jimmy T. I'm Chris Ams. Peace out. And Kingston... Isaac Garcia up for a chop. Let's take a look back at this during the break. Kingston, a very well-placed neck breaker on Daniel Garcia. And Kingston, Isaac Garcia up for a chop. Let's take a look back at this during the break. Kingston, a very well-placed neck breaker on Daniel Garcia. That was a good one. That was a good one. It might have been uh... <laughs> the crowd felt that way. <laughs> Don't celebrate, man. Get on him, buddy. Yeah, Garcia, I think it would have been better served. Jumping on Kingston in the corner. Smart. That works. That works by Daniel. The three, four, five consecutive uppercuts. Garcia hits the oh. rope. A knee to the midsection. And now Kingston looking for the exploder. Garcia hammering down with those elbows. And just once again targeting the ribs of Kingston. Abdominal stretch Smart. up top here. Really, if, if someone is having a problem with their 
with that wind while you're beating on that midsection lower back. This is smart. And this has been the game plan from the get-go for Daniel Garcia, Ricky. He's been concentrating on the ribs, on the abdomen of Eddie Kingston. And I was going to say, you can't help but see that it's effective. Oh, Garcia! Oh. German suplex! Well, I think anyone in the Dragon Sleeper, Garcia counted. The far leg is hooked! Ooh. Counted. Yeah, I'm sorry, Eddie up. could not get the Dragon in. Garcia was quick enough. Go behind with a back throw. And especially, Taz, that, that Dragon Sleeper, if there's damage done to Eddie Kingston's ribs, he's not going to be able to torque back well, quite yeah, as effectively. I, yeah, I think you're right about that, Excalibur. Also, the, he couldn't, just couldn't get that overhook on Garcia was too fresh, was able to fight out of it also. Yeah, for a, a, sport, a sports entertainer, Daniel Garcia is a pretty good wrestler, too. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> oh, just <laughs> stomping repeatedly. Great offense by Garcia there. That's just really focused, right? Just imagine if your breathing is difficult. And then someone just starts bicycle kicking you while you're on your back. And that sucks. You can't catch your breath. Oh. Kingston got the boot up. And now the back elbow. Daniel Garcia of the Jericho Appreciation Society just got a knee across the back of the neck. Good job by Eddie Kingston right there. And Kingston, can he load up that spinning back fist, that Oricon? If, well, yeah, if he catches you with that, forget about it. Back fist to the future, buddy. Oh, uh-oh. Double. He's going for a crab. Cross the crab here. We're in Pittsburgh. Double leg, and now he got it. Garcia with a Boston crab. And not only does this affect the knees, it affects the lower back and the ribs. I'm telling you from experience, that hold is brutal to be in this late in the match. Now he's going. Looks like for a sharpshooter here on Scorpion Deathlock. Uh, and Kingston immediately lunges to the ropes to force the break. You know Kingston's midsection has got to be all torn up, Ricky. He's gasping for air. These small pockets, these small moments that Kingston gets on Garcia, he is gasping. But Taz, a savvy veteran move there by Garcia, hanging on, making the referee forcibly remove Garcia. Yeah, it just pulls apart your, your opponent's joint and his knee even more. And it allows you to kind of cheat the five count, so to speak. Sure. These two men are very weathered, as you can tell. The, the chops have taken a toll. Oh, that'll wake you up. Oh, oh right underneath the armpit. Yeah, that, that side of your body is going again now. Oh, got poked in the eye. Hey, by any means necessary. Kingston up. The Nzigiri caught Garcia. And now the exploder. Oh. Garcia sent for a ride. Kingston though slow to cover. One, two, no. Oh, a oh, good kick out right there by Daniel Garcia, showing hard. Kingston. Fist. Yeah, that clenched fist, that spinning back fist, the Oricon. He will knock Garcia's block off if it lands, but will it? Kingston may be telegraphing this a little too much, Taz. Yeah, well, but Garcia's hurting right now. I think Eddie's is, is trying to find that, that energy. Went for a single leg, but didn't work. Kingston oh. stepped over. Oh, back drop. Landed Garcia. Here he comes. That back fit. Boom. Boom. Kingston, the spinning back fist and the win. The winner of this match, Eddie Kingston. That was a hell of a battle by those two men right there. Let's take another look.
at this, Kingston and Garcia. It was a back and forth war, but the message in this match by Eddie Kingston was whatever Garcia endured, Chris Jericho has 10 times worse coming his way. Yeah, I think that motivation was directed for sure to Jericho. Belt off here. Kingston is going to the woodshed here. Kingston going to lash. He's not. Look at the camera. Chris, I'm saving this whipping for you. This is just a message. Send it to your boss. Well, that pretty much sums it up right there. Direct message to Chris Jericho from Kingston using Daniel Garcia as a sacrificial lamb. Eddie Kingston sending a strong message to the Jericho Appreciation Society. This medicine for one ball with a 20 minute time limit. Being accompanied by Jake the Snake Roberts from Hearn, Texas, weighing 200. Whoa, 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 whoa! Wait a minute! What an idiot! Serpentico <laughs> thought he wiped out. The Murderhawk oh. monster, Lance Archibald, was Sir Pentacle they have wiped out. And we are joined here at the desk by the chairman, Sean Spears. Christmas comes early, gentlemen. The chairman is here. And look at Larcher. Look, look at him. Look at him. I'm so excited. That guy's worth every penny. This is great. Oh, definitely an awesome investment. Lance Archer, the next hired gun oh. by MJF. Seeking to take out Wardlow. Not we don't say his name. We call him Piggy. We call him Piggy. He's the kind of guy that'll stab you in the back and then get mad at you for bleeding. Don't forget that. He's a pig. Well, Archer's task this Wednesday night at Dynamite is not to win the match. It is to injure. It is to maim Wardlow. And he is about to do so there. The blackout to Serpentico. What a monster. That was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Here's your winner, the Murderhawk monster, Lance. Archer. Yeah, Archer's always impressive, always dominant. He's not dead. More, more, more. <laughs> Archer may be able to manhandle Serpentico like this, but Wednesday night at Dynamite, it's going to be a different story with Wardlow. No, it won't. What a message. Oh, man. Wardlow, two days ago, was able to withstand the Butcher. And there now, you go. There well, you go. It's like a mock. It's a, a mock X cowboy Wardlow with those power bombs. That's right. This is the, the choke slam symphony from the Murderhawk monster Lance Archer being conducted by Jake the Snake Roberts. He's a good composer, almost better than Quincy. Beautiful work. Beautiful work. Worth every penny. Mr. Piggy. Piggy's <laughs> in trouble. Hey, you did good there. The TBS Championship hangs in the balance of our main event. Undefeated, Jade Cargill looks to defend the title and her streak against the problem, Marina Shafir, who is having problems right before our eyes. Yeah, well, again, going back to this, Jade, with that overhook with the knuckle in. Oh! Nice, very nice Ogoshi hip throw right there. And a round oh! kick to the middle of the back. And Marina Shafir may have had enough. Oh, got the egg, got the single, I should say. And breaks down. Looking to break down the knee Whoa. of Jade Cargill. Oh! Marina sweeps out, looking for an ankle lock. Yeah, I thought she was going to hook under that heel and get a heel hook, but... Got that control. Oh! Marina, I think, was baiting Jade into throwing that up kick, and oh. now... Got a knee ball right here. Oh, this this could be... Whoa! 
This could be an upset in the making. Marina Shafir, center of the ring. Jade Cargill in serious trouble here. She senses danger. She's got to get to those ropes. Yeah, Mox Jones telling her to get to that rope. And Jade Cargill using her reach advantage to get the right hand on the bottom rope to force the break. Really put a lot of pressure Marina did on the leg of Jade. That long reach of Jade came in handy there. Marina Shafir. She smells oh. blood in the water, though, and wraps oh. the knee around the ring post, and Jade spills the outside. Well, that knucklehead Sterling was coaching up in the middle of a match. Wow, Jade had a back turn. That was not smart by, by Sterling, in my opinion. Oh, Sterling. Sterling maybe trying to buy, uh-oh. Oh, Sterling just got dumped. Oh, my God. Now Marina's focusing her attention right here on Jade. She's with the baddies. The baddies over there. They're trying to help Jade out. And Shafir continuing to chop at the leg of Jade Cargill. And just a reminder, AEW Dynamite live this Wednesday night from Philadelphia. The TNT Championship ladder match. Sammy Guevara and Scorpio Sky look to settle the score. Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood look to qualify for the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament. And oh! oh! I think Marina's a mess now. That distraction of her looking at the baddies throwing popcorn, that pump kick was nasty. Yeah, Marina Shafir took her attention off the TBS champion for a moment, and Jade Cargill made Shafir pay. Oh. Now Marina Shafir being rammed into the ring apron by Jade Cargill. That's, oh. That was smart of Jade. Jade made her break the count there. Yeah, I kind of disagree, Ricky, because I do think that Maria might be right for the picking. The loose. Oh, wait a minute. Oh. Wait a minute. Oh, my oh. God. Wow, the back of her head. Jade Cargill just spiked Marina Shafir on the timekeeper's table. Marina really landed hard. I hope she's okay. That was a double whammy. Jade's got to really take the advantage here. Yeah, Jade Cargill. I think Jade Cargill sensed what danger she was in when Marina Shafir had that ankle lock. Yeah, the back of Marina's head really hit hard on that table. Cargill, uh-oh, returns Shafir to the ring. And once again, oh, no. This could be a huge mistake by Jade Cargill. Uh, yeah, I agree with Excalibur. I think it might be a big mistake. Jade Cargill with the advantage on Marina Shafir. Jade, one, two, no. Oh, she got caught now. Jade, once again, finding herself in the ankle lock. Almost. She's almost in that ankle lock. But that's going to get a heel hook, I think. No. Oh, almost like a, a calf slicer as well. Tough to get out of that the way Jade's trying. Oh, that'll work. Oh, Jade just hammering down with the boot. Oh, and tough. Marina's tough. She's telling Jade to solve her. Does Jade have a solution for this? Oh, boy. Watch oh. out. Those boots across the face and neck area. She's eating them. Marina Shafir finally forced to release her grip. Jade Cargill. I think she might be out. Wait, Jade Cargill. She has the underhooks on the arms, and now Marina Shafir oh. jaded. One, two. Three! The winner of this match, and still TBS champion, Jade Cargill.
Jade Cargill not only retains the TBS Championship, but improves her record to 30 and 0 here in All Elite Wrestling. All the green money like the champ's green hair. Hook, big win for you this past week on Dynamite, but Dan... Is this how you like your powerful chips? Huh? Like that? You're gonna give Hello, this is Homeboy88 for the Video Game Connection. Join us weekly for the most entertaining video game podcast you'll ever hear. Join Ivan, Big Tom, and myself as we review the latest games, up-to-date gaming news, and game previews all in comedic form. It's a jam-packed hour of ear fun with our own video game rap songs. Listen to the Video Game Connection wherever you listen to podcasts, except Walmart, never Walmart. Keep gaming and keep listening to the Video Game Connection.
Hello, this is Homeboy88 for the Video Game Connection. Join us weekly for the most entertaining video game podcast you'll ever hear. Join Ivan, Big Tom, and myself as we review the latest games, up-to-date gaming news, and game previews all in comedic form. It's a jam-packed hour of ear fun with our own video game rap songs. Listen to the Video Game Connection wherever you listen to podcasts. It's at Walmart, never Walmart. Keep gaming and keep listening to the Video Game Connection. PWC Network, what the world is watching and listening to.